Hey friends, you are listening to Danny's Diary, a podcast powered by Singing News. I'm your host, Danny Jones. I'm with Singing News Magazine. Our guest today, Scott Inman of the Triumphant Quartet, great baritone singer, great songwriter, just an all-around good egg. Scott, we're glad you're here today. Well, thank you. I've never been called an egg, but I, I appreciate it. Hey, what, 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 what you meant it? What, it was all meant all heart. It really <laughs> was. What's going on in the world of Triumphant Quartet these days? Honestly, we are on our seventeenth year together. Um, thankfully, we're God's allowed this season where the same four singers are on the bus still, and um, I really feel like God is. Um, Giving us a, a clear vision of what he wants to uh, us to do and say in the, in the years ahead, and uh, we just come up with a new record, a yes, and that album kind of speaks to what um, where we're at as a group, and uh, we're just we're just grateful for this season. Well, your season uh, as a member of Triumphant Quartet has, has certainly expanded down through time. Uh, you're you know obviously your original member of the quartet. But your experience in Southern gospel music goes back even before that. You spent some time on the road with Poet Voices. You spent some time on the road just watching your dad as a member of the Singing Americans. In fact, I think in the Singing News magazine several years ago, we ran a picture of you taken at the uh, Hallelujah Supper Club over in Newton, North Carolina. Uh, A toddler Mm -hmm. standing there watching your dad sing. You, You have literally grown up around this music. What was it like? Growing up in a house full of Southern gospel music. What's neat about my dad, um, he never pushed me to sing, which, and also that means he never really brought it home. Um, I knew what my dad did uh, for a living, and um, I was very aware and enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to the concerts. I, I mimicked him. I tried, wanted to be him. I still do. Um, so uh, it, was, it was honestly a great experience for me because. It just happened organically with me, uh, falling in love with it. I wasn't force-fed into it. And I would sit on the front row, like you said, at concerts. I wanted to be on the front row because I could see better and hear better, I thought. And just I just enjoyed it all. And uh, I'm still a huge fan of of the music and um, the, people that's in, the people that's in the industry. Uh, but, I can, but my journey in gospel music was a great one because uh, my dad helped it start the right way so let's talk about your dad for a moment um of course he spent time with the singing americans one by one kingdom airs uh, of course he's been a, a very integral part of uh triumphant quartet of your parents do you think you you take after your dad more or your mom Wh- which which of the two do you lean toward my mom um Honestly, my sister and my dad are probably the same, and me and my mom are more the same. But there are some things I see as my life goes on. Me and my dad have like similar paths and different things. It's kind of interesting, kind of. Um, so I say me and dad are a lot alike in a lot of ways, but as far as personality goes, even the way I talk, I kind of get excited and get in a hurry, like I do right then. Uh, that's like my mom. And um, dad's not a worrier at all. Dad's actually. Um, I mean, he's he's pretty unreal. I mean, he's he's very laid back, laid back, firm, and uh, you know, I can I can tend to be a worrier. Um, maybe I'll grow out of it. Maybe I won't. But uh, so I'm gonna say my mom, definitely my mom. Okay, all right. On all the other podcasts that we've done here, we've uh, we've we've taken some names, just tossed them out to see what the initial reaction is. 
sometimes it's a name of an artist. Sometimes it's a name from uh, the industry, or maybe sometimes it's an entity. So I'm just going to uh, start lobbing some curveballs towards you and just see what your reaction is here. Just give me your first mm-hmm. reaction when I say the name David Sutton. Consistent. Okay. Just to con- I mean, if it's one word, is it one word or just whatever you want to throw? Um, David Sutton knows. Wow, that's hard. That's it. That's hard. But I mean, consistent. He's a consistent individual. Um, he. Uh, that's really. I mean, he. I could well, go on, but he's he's just a. I think it's a compliment. I, I, compliment. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that is a great compliment to David Sutton. Let's throw out the name Bill Gaither. Legend, icon. Uh, this music would look a lot different had he had not had a vision and had the passion. Um, because of his passion and his vision and his outlets, uh, everybody trickled down is reaping the benefits of something he exposed our music to. Okay, uh, one more Memphis Quartet show. Family, my family, uh, Memphis, that's where I'm from. My, my uncles are involved. Uh, I get to go see my grandma. Uh, it's a great event. Um, it kind of goes back to, to the, the original um, version of what maybe the National Quartet Convention uh, started out. Um, so kind of a tradition, back to the future. Okay. I don't know. That's, that's a good phrase. We haven't okay. used that one before. Okay. All right, folks, you're listening to Danny's Diary, a podcast powered by Singing News. Also, if you are a subscriber to Singing News Magazine, we want you to encourage your friends and family to also become subscribers. You can do that by pointing them to singingnews.com. Tell them to click on the subscribe tab. On the subscribe tab. I'll get it out in a moment. Follow the information there or have them call 800 527 Two, six, and they too can subscribe to Singing News Magazine, and they can keep up with Scott Inman of the Triumphant Quartet and all of his friends. Scotty is also a very noted songwriter. Scott, what was the first song that you ever wrote? I think it was a song called Be One of the Chosen Few, and nobody's ever heard it, and for good reason. So it's a secret song right now. It's somewhere. Um but I, I don't know where it's at, so somebody's probably got it, going to use it at some point. Uh, okay. <laughs> but no. All right, well, let's take it up a step then. The, the first song that a national recording artist recorded was? I want to think it's a song Triumphant did on the Home Free album called Only the Strong Will Survive. It was kind of upbeat, fun song. That's the first one I th- I'm pretty sure. It's hard to... Um, that sounds about right, the, yeah. the, the timing of it. 2004, there. something like that. Right. Okay, so now that you uh, have several songs uh, under your writing belt, do you prefer to write alone or do you prefer to co-write? Without question, co-write. Um, I've written some songs by myself. I don't really um, – I just always feel like more minds are better than one. Uh, you, you know, you can put a something on a table and different people can look at it. And everybody's going to get a different view of, you know, what that is and what that does and what that says. And, you know, and so I just think I just think the co-writing thing kind of happened late, maybe in our genre, but it's something that's been going on for years in other genres. And I think with that, you get more ideas, more ideas spawn from that. Um, I don't know. I just like co-writing. I, I mean, I think some of my better stuff has have come 
with one or one or two other people. Do you have a songwriting mentor? Phil Cross was the original. Um, he was the guy that got me into it. When I traveled with him, I got to be the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. He'd roll me out. Of, he'd he'd call me up to the front of the bus at 2 a.m. while he was driving. Hey, I got this song. You want to hear it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he'd sing it for me. And then next thing you know, the Hoppers would have it number one. So that was, you know, that, that was kind of neat to hear songs coming from the steer. Right. And uh, go ahead. Uh, so hear the songs before they were songs, yes. really. Not not even completed, not even demoed or anything like that. So I, Yeah, I heard the passion behind it and kind of the rawness of it all. This episode of the Danny's Diary podcast is sponsored by IMC Concerts, the premier concert and event promotions company for the very best in gospel music. Make your plans now to attend IMC's Branson Praise Fest event. It's held every March in the heart of the world-renowned entertainment and vacation destination known as Branson, Missouri. Branson Praise Fest features your favorite gospel music artists, including Legacy Five, Greater Vision, the Booth Brothers, the Collingsworth Family, Cana's Voice Triumphant Quartet, and many more. For more information and to purchase your tickets for this exciting event, visit www.bransonpraisefest.com or call 800-965-9324. Thanks to our good friends at IMC Concerts for sponsoring this episode of the Danny's Diary podcast. So if you were going to give advice to a new songwriter, what would be something that you feel they truly must understand before they can grasp all of the successful elements of songwriting. Mm, that's loaded. You know, I think you have to, you have to obviously know what you're writing for. You know, there, our genre is so broad stylistically, but yet in a lot of ways, um, knowing what people will, will record and what they'll say, just kind of be being schooled on, on the genre of, of, um, and also, anytime you can network and and you know get involved in workshops and seminars and things where you can your songs can get put in front of the right people, and you can learn under people who have been successful. You know, anytime you want to know how to do something, just you know, there's Lee Black is a is a great mentor of mine as well. And you're like he must be doing something right, you know. So you just kind of look at what they do and okay, how I'm not Lee Black, I'm not Phil Cross, but what can I do? What's a nugget that I can pull from that they do and use it uh, in my way or so. Right. So let's, let's talk about a, a technical aspect of songwriting here. Uh, you know, for years, a bridge was not a part of many of the songs that you heard on the radio, things like that. And then somewhere along the way, maybe the early 90s or something like that, bridges began to be introduced into our music. Uh, is the bridge now a common element of songwriting that's always going to be here, or is it just a, a fad that has hung on for a little while longer, or is it something that it's just it's just here now? Is it? Well, I definitely think sometimes the bridge can be the greatest friend to a song and sometimes be the greatest detriment because if a song is rolling along and it don't need any help, just keep keep plowing that chorus mm-hmm. or keep, you know, keep but sometimes that bridge can take it to a whole nother level. The Perrys I think have done a great job with bridges in their ballads through them. There's I can name a million groups, but um not a million. But um but there's groups who have had bridges in their songs, and you're like, man, that moment when 
when that was saying, and then it went to that next key in that bridge, you know, it took it to a whole other level. So I, I think I think it's here to stay. We've seen kind of the morphing of old uh, hymns or songs incorporated into the bridge, you know, maybe a familiar couple of lines where people go, oh, I know that song. You know, they don't know the original song, but they know that song, and then right. they're kind of interested in the rest of it. There's pros and cons to it. I think there's, I think it'll, it'll always be here to a to a point. Mm-hmm. But I do think there are times that a bridge is thrown in there and it didn't need to be there. Very well stated. It's sometimes the bridge is, uh, well, I feel like we need to put one there just because we need to put one there. Mm-hmm. But like you said, sometimes you really don't need it. Okay, when you first got on the road with Triumphant Quartet, it was just Scotty Inman. Uh, there was no wife. There were no kids. Things have come along now. You you have a, a wonderful family. To talk a little bit about them. Well, I, I do. Thank you. I've been married to Casey for Casey Embry Inman for 10 years. And we have a six-year-old girl named uh, Embry Caroline Inman. We have a three-year-old boy who acts like his papa uh, Inman. Uh, who was born nine pounds ten ounces and is almost as tall as you are now. He is a he's a rounder. He's a boy. He is something. Uh, but they're they're the, they bring me so much joy, and um, they definitely made me car, uh, compartmentalize things differently. Um, I still have a wonderful. My passion for music has um, shown itself through this because anytime you have a family, it's easy to just kind of put it all on the back burner. But I I um, have a wife who is completely 100 percent uh for uh what i'm doing and what we're doing really and uh, my my kids love the music as much as i do so it's it's wonderful that's great she is a quartet wife she is i mean honestly you know you 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 marry somebody i luckily i married her already singing full-time but that doesn't mean anything right. you know um but she is honestly me saying this just reminds me once again just how incredible she is at being um, a great ministry wife, mm-hmm. you know. And her mom, my mother-in-law, is a pastor's wife, and she is just the same. She learned from an incredible mother who is just—I can't think of a better picture of a pastor's wife. Well, before we go, let's let's throw out a question that you're probably asked on practically every interview. But let's go ahead and put it down here for historical sake. The most memorable moment of your career in Southern gospel music is? Whoa, man, that's loaded. That's a loaded question right there. Good night. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be driving home going, no, nah, I said the wrong one. It was this. Um, I think looking back, man, that's hard. That's so hard. We've we've had the wonderful opportunities of of singing at Carnegie Hall, which is, you know, a very ungenre. I don't know. Very don't, unique. Experience. Very unique experience there. Um, man, that's. I can I can think of different moments on different stages where I'm, I'll I'll never forget that moment, but d- one defining greatest moment. That's hard. That's so. I mean, getting to sing with my dad is pretty pretty incredible, and that's something that I won't get to really appreciate until, unfortunately, it's no longer available. But, um, man, 
Well, we'll I tell you what, we'll make it easy on you. We'll we'll leave it as singing with your dad. How there you go. That? That's, that, right. that, that is. That is. All right, All right. Scott Inman of Triumphant Quartet has been our guest today on Danny's Diary. Scott, thanks for coming by. Thank you so much. All right, folks, be looking for the announcement for the next podcast of Danny's Diary, and it is a podcast powered by Singing News. We look forward to seeing you very soon.